sunshine. Tell me, is it really all worth it? Cleanse from within so you don't corrode your surface. I hope you find your purpose. Be rounded as this earth is. I pray your goal is intact. My mind's a circus. Admit that I struggle with that. I make it back, Jack. I remember way back. Medellin ain't juicy. Fruit for the mind, and she always had two trays. Dropping gems that help you prosper. Elevate your intuition, illuminate your chakra. She do it for the culture. We running from them vultures. Addition to be suppressed. Can't mention being depressed. Can't talk about dealing with stress. Won't deal with being overwhelmed. Till it's the point of distress. Look at your life as a mess. Here come juice with the flex. You gotta love it. Your life, you gotta live it. Trying to get a handle on it. Juice gon' help you get it. Gotta buy two vibe and a top feel flow. The stuff I know, the rain change. You can still grow. Be your I don't hero, polish up that steel low. Go ahead and let it out. Right here on Juicy Cash. No tea, no tea, jet, choo no tea, no tea, jet, choo no tea, no tea, jet, choo Hey, no more shopping sprees, no more late night creeps. No more VIP, no more dough, cause we ain't even working no more already, man. We ain't working in these streets. Welcome back to the No Tea Just Juice podcast. If this is your first time listening, No Tea Just Juice is a high vibey podcast that was created to promote healthy conversations around everyday issues that affect our mental health. Whew. I can't believe I said that in one breath, but you already know what's going on. I'm your host, Sherelle, also known as Juice, and happy Friday. It's a beautiful day. Too bad we can't enjoy it because the outside is canceled. (laughs) Yes, I saw a meme on Instagram that said, you know, that sun hit different when it's illegal. And while it isn't illegal, I definitely felt that in my spirit because going outside just kind of feels like... (laughs) I don't know. It just feels like I'm going to get in trouble. I don't, I don't know. Like, when I when I go to my car, I'm feeling like, you know, I'm, I'm being rebellious. I don't know. It's in my head. You know, I mentioned about conspiracy theories and how they're entertaining. And now there's this one. I don't even want to call it a conspiracy theory just in case someone is listening to this and they believe this shit. But the whole 5G uh, cell phone towers, have y'all heard about that? Like, the 5G cell phone towers are causing the coronavirus or they're so harmful to us that they're making us more susceptible to getting the coronavirus. I don't know if I have that right. Someone correct me if I'm wrong about that, but that's been interesting to to read about. Yeah, I know I know I said that, you know, it's not a good idea to continue to talk about the coronavirus or like focus on it because it exacerbates or makes our anxiety worse. But it's just it's a thing right now. It's it's our reality right now. So it's just coming up organically, but I promise not to focus on it too much. In fact, Today, I actually want to talk about just taking care of yourself, right? Or how do we take care of ourselves, like a self-care audit or a self-care analysis. Obviously, I think that we can all agree right now we are truly seeing how much genuine human connection is important to us and into our lives. And honestly, of all the things that this virus has brought 
into our lives and how it has really shaken things up. I truly hope that once the dust settles and we are on the other end of all of this, that we can remember that and use that going forward with the way that we interact and treat people and the way that we value one another. You know, so it's been really nice to see how people come together. However, (laughs) let me just speak to my people for a minute (laughs) because, um, I think some of us think that social distancing or physical distancing means only being around the people that we know. Like, um, since the clubs are closed, we're just going to have a club at the house. And uh, it don't work like that. So you kind of have to... So basically, you kind of need to be by yourself. Like... Definitely not in groups. They say 10 or more, but at this point, really like keeping six feet in between you and another person because that's how it's spreading, guys. That's how it's spreading. <laughs> I saw a meme that, uh, memes, I love memes, but I saw one that said, um, black people think that quarantine means kickbacks. And you know, the way that I yelled, because <laughs> listen, I, um, I, I, I can't say that I haven't had a, it was a small one. It was only six of us a couple of weeks ago, but listen, we're not doing it anymore. It's none of that. I've been in the house. I go to work and then I go home and like, seriously, we on lockdown. We on shut down in these streets, but I just wanted to kind of say that, but I do have a genuine question for you. Like seriously, now that the outside is canceled, what are you doing to take care of yourself? Like, what are some of your self-care practices? See, me, if you would have asked me that question like two months ago, a month ago even, how I engage in self-care off the dome, I would have been like, okay, well, I make sure to keep myself up. I get my hair done. I get my nails done. I go see my girl at the wax place in Memphis, you know, but... Like now, you can't really do that legally because, hey, that, listen, that's all I'm going to say about that. But listen, we can't really do that anymore. So what are some other self-care practices that we can engage in during this time? I had a client ask me what was the difference between self-care and self-love. And, you know, it was one of the first times I actually thought about how we can use these terms interchangeably. Um, But there is a bit of a difference there. And the thing that I settled on was self-care is how we practice self-love. Okay. And that's just my own little way of distinguishing it or describing it. Okay. Obviously for others, they may view it differently or explain it a little more eloquently than that. However, when you think about it in those terms, self-care really is more than just the things that we do on the outside, the things that require us to spend money. Okay. There are tons of ways that we can practice self-care on a daily basis that don't cost us a dime, okay? And I think during this time, we should really work to identify what that is or what that looks like in our own lives and not feel like it's being selfish. You know, when I 
look at the word selfish and when I related to self-care, I don't I don't necessarily feel like being selfish is a bad thing. I don't. I feel like selfish sometimes says I serve myself first, then you. Okay? Versus being like self-centered, I guess, where I I look after me and only me. Now, when I look these definitions up, they're actually like the same thing, but I'm looking at it my own way. And sometimes it's important to look after self first, especially when you have other people that are depending on you, right? Because what good are you going to be to anyone during this time if you have nothing to give? If you're pouring yourself into your friends and into your family and into your job and into whatever else has your attention, right? Then what do you really have left to give to the kids that are at the house right now getting on your nerves? I know they're sweet and they're, oh my God, they're so cute, but they've been at the house with y'all for a hot minute and I know you tired. I know you tired and you can't just drop them off. You, where you, where you going to take them? The daycares are closed. The schools are closed. So they're at the house with you, right? Parents, you really got to pour into yourself first, okay? Healthcare workers, people in the front lines, people that work at the grocery stores, people who still have to show up to work every day despite this whole pandemic and this stay-home order and these essential and non-essential workers, you really need to be pouring into yourself first. And if that's selfish, then, hey, (laughs) I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because the way I justify it is in order for me to take care of you, I got to take care of me. You feel me? So yes, self-care absolutely can include those things that we do to make ourselves feel good about ourselves externally, women specifically, you know, when we get our hair done and our nails done and our feet done, which I'm sure need to be done so bad right now. And it can include things like taking hot lavender baths and even sleeping late. But remember, when it comes to self-care, when it comes to true self-care, it really shouldn't be that expensive. (laughs) And it really should not push us into being unproductive, right? So sometimes we can sleep too much in the name of self-care and not get things done that we really need to get done. Huh? And sometimes we can spend a little too much money on things that we enjoy, like our hair and our nails and other things like shopping, all in the name of self-care. Because somebody on Instagram said, treat yourself. (laughs) You feel me? And now we stressing about the bills. So we want to kind of reframe the way that we look at self-care. We also want to reframe or redefine or even rethink the way that we look at being selfish because self-care for me, is my ability to advocate for my needs on so many different levels. And I demonstrate this in many different ways. So today, I'm going to share my top three free self-care practices. So let's talk about boundaries. Setting boundaries is one of the first steps in prioritizing your mental health and prioritizing self. Boundaries are essential to your mental and emotional well-being because they actually communicate your expectations. They communicate how you wish to be treated and how you wish to be spoken to. 
And it's important that we set boundaries with our friends, with our family members, with our coworkers, with our neighbors, anyone whom we feel like it would be beneficial to set boundaries with. It's also important to set self-boundaries because we have to define how we are going to treat ourselves and how we're going to adhere to the standards that we set for ourselves. And this is really important when we're talking about achieving any of our own goals. If we don't set self-boundaries, then we're not going to be really accomplishing anything in our own lives. And I say that firsthand as a professional procrastinator and overthinker. It is really important that I set boundaries in my life. So I'm going to share some examples of boundaries that you can set in your life. You can say, I will not engage in relationships with people who are emotionally unavailable. Okay. How many of us willingly get into relationships or situationships with people who we know have no emotional space for us. Okay. Now, honestly, if I'm going to be real, that's, that's some other shit going on there. Right. But if we know that we want rewarding relationships and we want people to show up for us, then we have to set boundaries in our own lives to say, I am not going to engage in relationships with people that I know have nothing to offer me, but sex. All right. I will not answer work emails on the weekends. Some of us who are workaholics or perfectionists or we want to be on top of everything, we can bring our work home with us. I actually had a coworker who she would get to work before me, like at seven o'clock in the morning and she'd be there to like seven at night and then bring work home with her. And I would tell her all the time, like, why, why are you doing this? (laughs) Why? You know, I get it. Some of us have really high stress, high demand jobs. And to be honest with you, depending on the field that you work in, the workload that you have is not doable in an eight hour day. But it's important that you set some kind of boundary as to when you're going to work on this stuff and when you're not going to work on this stuff. Otherwise, you're going to be burnt out so quick. And you all know the minute that you have a nervous breakdown or something, they're just going to hire somebody else. And that's not to say there's something wrong with giving your all to your job. But again, let's go back to what we talked about in the beginning. In order to give to you, to them, the people I serve, to the company I work for, whatever, I have to have something to give. (laughs) You can't pour from no empty cup, boo. You feel me? You can also give yourself permission to turn down social outings and gatherings when you're tired or when you just don't feel up to it. Okay, this is something that I learned to do years ago. And like now my friends know if I'm in the house, if I'm tired, this is pre-apocalyptic time, pre-coronavirus time when, you know, it was still legal to go out. Um, But if if I was if I just wasn't up for it, I'm not going to do it. It's not that I didn't value spending time with my friends and hanging out, but if I just wasn't in the space to do that, if I was just already drained emotionally or physically or whatever, or just wanted to stay in the house and play with my rice cooker because that happened once, then I just allow myself the permission to do that and the space to do that because I used to not always be like that and I would just agree to do things and the minute I got there, I would instantly regret it and now I'm sitting there looking like the party pooper because I just want to go home. Have you ever agreed to do something and the minute you get there, you're like, I knew I should have stayed my ass at home. 
So now I just I turn it I just turn it down without the guilt. Okay. Another thing that's really important, like at work, especially, is not participating in conversations that are draining, right? Like if you have a person in your life who talks about the same thing over and over and it's nothing but drama, you absolutely have the right to not engage in conversations like that. Also, gossip, especially like work gossip, don't triangulate yourself in no mess like that. Mm-mm. Turn it down. You know, there are lots of different ways that you can do that, and it really depends on who you're talking to. Personally, one of my safest go-tos is redirecting the conversation. Like, so tell me what's been going on with you. So if you got a person coming to you telling you somebody else's business or going off on something that you honestly don't have the mental space to entertain or even hear, I redirect the conversation. So did you hear about this or what's been going on with you or how have you been? Or let me tell you about this really cool thing. And sometimes the person gets the picture and sometimes they don't. And at that point, you might have to bring out the guns and say, look, I really don't have it to have this conversation right now. I've had to say that to people before and they get offended. <laughs> they get offended. Depending on who you're talking to, they get offended. Like if you say that to me, like I 100% get it. But I've started getting in the practice of even asking a person if they have the headspace or they're in a the place to discuss this kind of thing. Like, right, I'm about to rant or I need to vent or whatever, you know, are you in a place to hear that right now? Are you in a good space to, to have a conversation like this? It's really powerful. And what it says is that I honor, I honor where you may be at as well. Okay. But just because a person doesn't do that doesn't mean that they don't care, but that's just, that comes along with having more evolved conversations with your friends and your coworkers or just your family or people in your lives. But it's perfectly okay to set boundaries like that. Some other personal examples will be, you know, I will let my body rest when I need it. And I will not use <laughs> self-care as an excuse to neglect my obligations. Hint, hint, sleeping as long as I want to. Or, you know, I know I need to pay this bill, but I'm going to get my hair done because treat yourself. You feel me? That's not self-care. I will stick to my daily budget. Now, look. <laughs> um... We're going to move right on past that one. <laughs> I will limit my screen time, especially at night. That's another one that I'm still working on, to be honest with you. Another way that you can set boundaries is identifying what you value, what you need based off that value, and then identifying a way that you will honor that. Okay, so I value my sanity <laughs> and my peace of mind, okay? So that means I need to say no to things when I want to say no and not just say yes to them because that's the nice thing to do. And I will honor that by staying true to what I really want and listening to the things that I really want despite whatever societal pressure or whatever peer pressure or whatever I feel like other people expect me to say or expect me to do. A final point about boundaries is it's really important to communicate your boundaries, okay? 
it's unfair to expect people to adhere to any boundaries that you've set but haven't communicated. That's unfair, and we actually cannot hold anyone responsible for respecting boundaries that we have not defined or expressed. Now, the next free self-care practice is the three R's, right? Now, I'm not talking about reading, writing, and arithmetic. And if you're a young person, you don't even, you probably never even heard of that. I am talking about rest, recovery, and reflection. Yes. Before I go any further, let me make something very, very clear. I am not now, (laughs) nor have I ever been. (laughs) Nor will I ever be team no sleep. I've never been a part of that team. I've never tried out for that team. I am not a member, nor will I ever be a member of team no days off. I believe in taking days off. In fact, I have no PTO now because I take days off. All right? And I sleep. I am team rest, I am team recovery, and I am team reflection. I believe that we need to make ample time for rest. We need to recover from stressful days, even stressful conversations and stressful moments and energy depleting forces and sources in our lives. And I also think that we need to just take time out to reflect. I spent a whole day just reflecting on the day before. (laughs) Treat yourself. I don't care. Judge me. I believe that it's important to incorporate this. And I think anybody that's pushing a narrative outside of this is full of it. Yes, it's important to work hard. And there are going to be moments in our lives where we're going to have to sacrifice sleep and rest and all of that. But I feel like that mindset perpetuates the belief that people who choose to incorporate ample rest and sleep in their routine are somehow not as ambitious as those who are willing to sacrifice sleep. Listen, bringing home loads of work with you or tending to other obligations that consistently pull you away from the vital rest that your body needs is only putting you at risk for low productivity, burnout, compromised health, and our overall poor quality of life. So, When you prioritize your self-care, you integrate rest, recovery, and reflection into your daily routine. (laughs) Notesy, baby. Now, this brings me to the third and final self-care tip, okay? And that is using your supports. Sometimes when we encounter adversities and challenges in life, it really makes us feel alone. And I know that we are all feeling that right now in a in a world where there is a social isolation, quarantine, and physical distancing and all of that. And I believe the times we feel alone are the times that we really need to lean into our supports. The problem is, is that during times of adversity, it's really hard to identify who those supports are. Not everybody has the same type of support in their life. There are different types of support. And I just want to take a moment to kind of define or identify the different types of social supports that we may have. The first type of support is emotional support. 
Okay, so for some of us, this is the first thing that we think about when we hear social support. These are the people that provide loving and caring energy and accepting energy into our lives. So we... For some of us, generally put our family and our friends and our lovers, boyfriends, girlfriends, etc. <laughs> into this category. The next type of support would be informational supports. So these are the people that we generally go to for advice, for guidance, input, and feedback. Some people in this category could include a coworker or a supervisor or even like a spiritual leader of some sort. Then we have tangible or instrumental supports. Now these type of supports usually are more direct and concrete and provide some type of financial assistance, some type of service or some type of good. And then we have companionship and this type of support aids in our sense of belonging and can be seen um, and shared in social activities. Now for some of us, we're not going to have an easy time identifying a support in each of these areas. And then for some of us, we may find that different people overlap into um, different types of categories. Like we may have our friends and they may fall into all of these categories. Okay. You may be fortunate enough to have friends that provide companionship and advice and you can borrow money from them and <laughs> you know, all of that. Or maybe your parents or maybe your coworkers. But it's really important to identify who these supports are. I like to keep a little list sometimes, <laughs> you know, refer back to that list, modify, edit that list of who these different people would be in my life. Because when I'm depressed or if I'm feeling down, it, I'm going to feel alone. I'm going to feel uh, disconnected from the world. And that's not uncommon when you get in, in, get in a state of distress. So... I would also encourage you to maybe think about the people in your life and where do you fall in terms of support, right? So if I have a friend and I say, okay, my friend is, she's a good emotional support. She's, she's a tangible support for me. She also provides companionship. Would she say the same about me? Hmm. Where do you fall in these people's lives? And I think that that's really important to do. Because it can help you gauge the level of reciprocity that you have in your relationships. And it can also invite conversations for growth and boundaries. Okay? Keep this list handy so that you can have it to utilize in times of distress. And also as a reminder of all the loving and supportive energy that you have around you. Now, these are just a few ways that you can practice self-love with self-care. But I'm really curious. What does self-love mean to you and how do you practice self-care? Let me know. You can do this a number of ways. You can reach out on Instagram at Therapy Juice Bar. You can also leave me a voice message. The link is in the show notes. As always, thank you guys so, so much for listening. Be sure to check out the Juice Bar blog. I'm going to actually take what we talked about today and write it up into a blog so that you can have it to use at any time. Okay, the website for that is www.therapyjuicebar.com. Guys, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show so that I can keep the juice in steady flow. And until the next time, peace, love, and juice.